from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the Fine Print Podcast on Ramsey Networks, is my co-host today as we take your calls about your life and your money. Open phones, 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Mary starts off this hour in New York City. Hi, Mary. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, George. Um, Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, So my boyfriend and I have been dating about a year and a half now, and we obviously keep budgeting and finances separate and everything, but I've learned that we have definitely very different backgrounds when it comes to money. He has grown up where he doesn't really think about money. Things are just kind of paid. He spends what he wants. He doesn't really think about it, and I am the exact opposite. Um, and as we're looking into the future and, you know, what that means for our relationship, I would like us to get on the same page. So I've started talking to him about that because I know he has a little bit of credit card debt, but he doesn't really know and he doesn't really pay attention because it's never really, he's never thought about it. He's really, really open to learning. So I started actually playing your show for him, but I'm realizing very quickly that there's a lot of information that I have learned from listening to your show that I'm just not really good. it's just so much information i don't know how to like teach it to him without getting overwhelmed and i'm just wondering where we should start as we look to the future and you know what that means for us and how i can help him you know get us get on the same page wow that's awesome well you you sound very mature how old are you i'm 28 and how old is he 27 okay very cool well you know t- trying to teach him all the stuff and go well here's what you need to be doing I don't know that that's going to work in the long term. What I would do is start to create a vision for the future, and then these principles become a part of how you get there. It becomes the game plan. That would get me more excited if I'm in his shoes, personally. Yeah, rather than um, you, you, and you don't want to become his mom. You didn't sign up for that. And he doesn't want you to become his mom. You don't, you really don't want to be that. And so George is right. Let's pull him in instead of push him in that sense. Um, so it might sound something like this, Mary. Here's some actual things you could say, okay? The number one cause of divorce in North America today is money fights and money problems. So if we are going to be married someday, and it, you know, it seems like we're moving in a positive direction with this relationship, then we, at some point before we're married, need to address the number one cause of marriage problems. To ignore that would be, like, stupid, right? Right. And so, I mean, if the number one cause of death of male four-year-olds is bear attacks, well, you keep male four-year-olds away from freaking bears. I mean, it's, this is not hard, right? You know, I mean, what I made that up. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? So, whatever it is, this is the number one cause. And so it's not number three, it's number one. So, I mean, if we can protect our marriage and I love you, and if we can protect our future relationship and I love you against the number one problem, we should really get the, the antidote ahead of time. We ought to drink a bottle of the antidote, right? And, and so 
we got to begin to talk about that. How's that sound to you? And he's going to go, well, yeah, that makes sense because it does make sense. Well, and here's the thing. I grew up one way. You grew up another way. I'm a lot more of a tightwad, a lot more administrative minded. I'm kind of the nerd of the two. You're kind of the free spirit of the two. So it's not as natural for you to freak out about this stuff. And I stay freaked out about it all the time. Right. So you need to tighten up a little. I need to loosen up a little. And we need to learn to work together and be grownups together on our future goals. And, you know, here's a format we could do this in. Like we could take Financial Peace University as a a relationship building class, although it happens to be a money class. Right. Yeah. He's very open to that. And he really wants to learn that. I, one positive thing is that he definitely does not want me to just tell him what to do. Yeah. Um, he wants to learn. He knows how important this is to me. And good. Then you're marrying a man and not a little boy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) He wants to learn. I just, I don't know how to teach him, I guess. I don't want you to teach him. I don't want you to teach him. I want him to want to learn, and he'll find okay. it. If you put our stuff in front of him, he'll learn it. He just needs to reason. He needs a reason to go do it. You know, and the right. reason yeah, is is true. that it's not my nature to go do this. This is him talking to himself. But mm-hmm. uh, this woman, Mary, is worth it, and she's telling me this is kind of, you know, it's kind of permission to play here. You know, if we're going to be in this, I'm going to have to deal with this. And so, I, you know. This ain't going away. I got to deal with it. So I'm going to go in here and learn this stuff and get good enough at it so that I get Mary. Right. Mary, okay. have you been through Financial yeah, that, Peace University? No, no, I haven't. Okay. okay. Well, let me let me make that uh, our gift to you guys. If you're willing, to, if he's willing to go through no. it, obviously you are. So that's one year of Ramsey Plus. It includes all the videos in Financial Peace University and every dollar premium. And if you guys start to lay this out and start to have that Wait. vision, I think it'll get him excited about doing the plan instead of being forced into it. It's the best premarital premarriage counseling there is because it addresses the number okay. one thing. I'll give you the next three if you want them. All the, all, the marriage, all the marriage data says if you can be in agreement on money, religion, kids, whether to have them and how to treat them, are, is the, are the inmates going to run the asylum or are you, and, uh, the, and, and in-laws, the crazy people in each of your family, how you going to keep them at bay. If you can deal with the in-laws and the outlaws and the kids and the religion and the money and you get on the same page of that and you've had deep good rich discussions in your pre-marriage counseling process you have like a 90 percent probability of having a successful marriage those are the big four that break the four horsemen of the apocalypse that break up more marriages than anything else and that's what all the data from the marriage people tell us and we found all of that because we discovered we had the number one (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty amazing though if you know that going in you go well yeah, let's do everything we can to be aligned in all yeah. those areas. I hate God. I love God. They're going to be troublesome. Not going to work out. going to be troublesome. You know, um, I don't want kids at all. I don't even like them. I don't want to be near them. I want 17. There's going to be a problem Let's here, talk about right? that beforehand. Yeah, we need to know these things. Don't wake up later and go, well, I don't know. You know, you need to know. You need to talk about it ahead of time. And, uh, you know, and go ahead and just identify Aunt, Aunt Sally Mae over there. She's the crazy one. And uh, you just, and she's not living here. She's she's lived. She's been homeless. She's lived with every other cousin, and she's not living with this cousin. I'm just telling you, because she's drunk all the time, and she's not living here. Let's go ahead and get this out. Go ahead and get this out in the open. All right, and just go ahead and deal with it now, because it's going to come up. Yes, going to come up.
Can't avoid it. Never happened in my house, but it's going to come up. <laughs> Sharon just says what we're going to do, and then it's over. That's a good man. There you go. Happy wife, happy life. This is The Ramsey Show. With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money, especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Guys, we get it when you're worried money is all consuming you can wonder if you've got enough to pay your bills or even afford to fill up at the gas station it's always on your mind but you work too hard to live like that you shouldn't have to be stressed out you should have peace and when you have a proven detailed plan that millions of people have used to not only get out of debt but to become millionaires well it gives you a lot of peace that's why we named it financial peace university almost 10 million families people have gone through this class now to learn how to budget to save to spend to invest to become debt free to be outrageously generous and now is a great time to take the course we just updated all of almost every single video and includes george camel and dr john deloney now and you don't want to miss it so it's rachel cruz dave ramsey dr john deloney george camel and uh it's quite a lineup you're going to love the new lessons Decide today that you're done letting money stress rule your life. You can do this. Get started with Financial Peace University by visiting RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. That's RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why they're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with free samples, free shipping, and new promos every month. You'll save even more. Always use the promo code Ramsey to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Sean in Mississippi. He says, my wife and I have been tackling our $200,000 of debt for the past three years, and we have about fifty-five dollars left. We've continued to tithe and contribute to various Christian organizations. This has caused some debate between us. I'm more aligned with taking a step back from tithing and paying off our debt. However, my wife remains steadfast in our need to continue to tithe at least 10% of our income. 
I know the baby steps say that we need to complete baby step two before starting baby step seven. However, our charitable contributions are very important to us. If we had not donated over the past three years, we would be debt-free now. Do you have any recommendations on how to persuade my wife to concentrate solely on paying down debt? Wow. Well, that's assuming that we agree with you, Sean, isn't it? <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. I think we're, the problem is we're, we're probably not going to agree with either one of you here. Yeah. Sean is looking at the math and going, well, if we stop tithing, we could pay off debt faster. Doesn't that make sense, Dave? That's the whole point of the process. Mm-hmm. But it's not. There's a heavy spiritual component, if you're a person of faith, that mm-hmm. you should tithe 10%, and that's the baseline. Yeah. And Scripture is pretty clear that it's first fruits, the tithe, the 10% to your local church is first fruits. It comes off the top before you do anything else. Now, uh, we're not legalistic about it. Uh, That's just what the Bible says. And so if you want to do something else, God's not going to be mad at you. But his instruction manual is very clear that a tenth of your income goes to your local church. Uh, This is what evangelicals have taught and believed for years. Now, lots of people have different you know viewpoints or whatever within different denominational movements but evangelicals uh, across the board this is what we teach what we believe and there's a lot of scriptural basis for it obviously and so uh, but again nothing has to do with your salvation God doesn't need your money the church doesn't really need your money if they do they got other issues but really this is about you having a rhythm of giving in your life and that God wants you to have giving at the top of your list always so now where I would disagree with your wife is the other things that are not a tenth of your income going to your local church are not tithing. The extra to those the are called offerings. Those are called offerings. And uh, there is no scriptural indication that offerings come from anything but surplus. And while you have debt, you don't have surplus. So offerings should come from surplus. So I personally did and would recommend that while you're getting out of debt, you tithe and nothing more. And so I did not give to any other ministries, any other parachurch organizations or anything else while I was getting out of debt except my local church, my tenth. You'll have plenty of time to do that later once you're out of debt. But you're taking care of your own household first. You don't have surplus, and offerings come from surplus. And so ex- even extra things that the church is asking for. We're in a building program. We're Mission trying trips. to raise money for uh, whatever cause that the church is doing. Well, that. They're going to have to take it out of my tithe check. Um, and that's what I did while I was doing it. Uh, again, none of this, though, is a salvation issue. None of this makes God love you more or less. None of this falls in that bucket. But these are just the what, if you do a detailed, in-depth Bible study, this is where it will lead you. And that's why it's what we've done and what we've told you to do. Now, where would you say to bring those back in, the offerings, the charitable contributions? Would that come after baby step three? Yes, because we're kind of done yes. with the gazelle intensity. We're moving yes. to intentional. Because baby step three, as far as I'm concerned, is taking care of your own household. If you don't have an emergency fund and you're not debt-free, you haven't taken care of your You've household. got a rocky foundation. And you know, Scripture says take care of your own household first, or you're worse than an unbeliever. Okay, so take care of your own household first. And that doesn't mean be selfish as a course of your life or as a character quality. It just means that you've got you know, you to feed your kids before you feed hungry kids. Mm-hmm because yours are hungry too, okay? And so that that's all that means. You pay your light bill before you pay the light bill at the homeless shelter. 
And so, and you can um, let that fuel you. I mean, if you're on the debt free journey, absolutely, you really, it I mean, should fuel you. They're passionate. If you about have a giving. desire about giving, it, it means you're going to. Pro- there's high correlation between that and people that build wealth. Let's get out of debt faster so that we can do what we really want to do, exactly. which is give outrageously. And the most fun you'll ever have with money. We teach on generosity a lot. We believe in generosity, but uh, but that that's the nuanced detail of how to flesh out your generosity. So your wife is trying to do too much. You all have been doing too much, and you're trying to do too little. So you both are wrong. Split the difference. According to what we teach and according to what I believe. So there we go. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Carla is in Las Vegas. Hey, Carla, how are you? I'm good, Dave. Uh, Hi, George. Hey. How can we help? So I have a question. Um, We have a... A home we have we have our house that we paid off um and we are currently in the process of purchasing a new home great yeah so we my husband and i um initially thought about putting the house for sale using the funds from that home from our current home into the new home but we're kind of unsure if we should do that or just keep it as a rental property. Do you have the money to pay and for the new home in cash if you don't sell yours? No, we don't. Hmm. I'd probably sell it then. Do you have- I'm going to sell it and use the proceeds okay. on the new one. What's the new one going to cost? So the new one is right under $600,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's the mortgage you need to take out on that? Um, it's if you about kept it- anywhere from... Three to thirty-four hundred a month. But are you taking out all six hundred, and you have a down payment on this new one? Because all your money's tied so up in the do, old house. Right. So we do have savings, and um, we are putting. I mean, the the minimum that we should put is about fifty. Okay. No. Here's the thing. How, I would not do this. I just wouldn't do it. You need to sell your current house. Here's why. Okay. L- let's say that you you keep the current house it's paid for and you have a debt on your home effectively it wasn't directly but effectively it's the same thing as having borrowed on a paid for home to buy a rental property and we would never tell you to do that but you see how that's exactly what you've ended up doing yeah yeah, so you're going to take this money and any money you got in savings, and you're going to either pay cash for or almost pay cash for the new property, get it paid off, and then you should start saving in cash to buy your next rental in cash. But I'm not going to lead you to borrow money on your residence to go buy rentals. Yeah. And effectively, that's what's happening here. You're not quite at a place to be a real estate investor. Yeah, yet. you need to get rid of it. And I know it sounds fancy or it sounds sophisticated. And I've always made a rental property. Yeah, that's great, but you don't do it this way. This is this is you're going to get yourself in a crack here, kiddo. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get in your residence. Get your residence paid off, and then start saving up and buying rentals with cash. It's what I did years ago, and I've got several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. This is the Ramsey Show.
George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the Dead Free Stage, Brandon and Katie are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi. Hey, Dave. Welcome, welcome. Good Thank to have you. you guys. Where do y'all live? Just right up the road, Bowling Green, Kentucky. All right. Home of the Corvette. That's yes. right. Yeah, very good. I picked one up up there one time. At the, oh, good for you. I was actually at the museum two weeks before it fell in. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, that was scary. Big sinkhole. Yeah. Really, that was a while back. But yeah, welcome to Nashville. How much Thank debt you. did you pay off? $105,000. All right. How long did this take? Six and a half years. Wow. Okay. And your range of income during that time? About sixty-two to 78000 Cool. And what kind of debt was the hundred and five? It was our house. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Look at weird people. Yeah. <laughs> Baby step seven. What's this house worth? Uh, today, uh, two twenty maybe. All right. So, yeah. Very cool. Good for y'all. Not a payment in the world, baby. <laughs> That's good. I love wow. it. I love it. So tell us about your journey. How'd you decide to do this and get connected to the Ramsey stuff? So um, it started back in 2012. Um, Katie's mom actually uh, introduced us to Financial Peace University, um, but we did it on CD. And so uh, we went through it, and so we started following the baby steps, made a lot of sense. Uh, we paid off car debt. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have a lot of uh, college debt. I had had an RTC scholarship, and Katie's family was very generous. So we were already on a you know a good path, okay. but uh, still needed a lot of direction, and, and that's where the baby steps really helped. But um, it wasn't until um, 2020 we did the actual Financial Peace University class, and that's when things got real. Um, we just, I was calculating the numbers, and I was like, we can pay this house off, we can do it. Kept running the numbers again and again, and um, yeah, Cut just knocked it out. Cut up our credit cards. <laughs> we, we were all in at that point, um, and so that was, that was a big, big change there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very good, guys. Way to go, you guys. <laughs> fun, fun. So you started this six and a half years ago, but just two years ago, you kind of got amped up to go right. f- just full throttle towards the finish line here. What was like the first four years? Were you seeing some progress, but you went, we could do we could do better than this? Come on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it, it, that initial kind of introduction to the baby steps and everything was good for helping us to pay off that smaller debt, but then um, it almost seemed not hopeless in its entirety, but just didn't seem as hopeful when we bought our house, which, you know, we we put more than 20% down and everything and did the did a 15-year mortgage the right way, so to speak. But um, it just didn't seem very feasible. But then when Brandon sat down and we went through the class and everything, we're like, oh, it just, it just kind of clicked. And we were like, oh, I bet we can do this. And it just seemed more feasible. And we just kept, um, I think it helped that he just automatically just took out a little bit of extra money each month. Um, and we essentially, I mean, we obviously budgeted around that. And so we just kept chipping away yeah, at do, it. And what do y'all do for a living? I work up at Western Kentucky University. I'm a federal employee, but I work in the Army RTC department. Yeah. And so I help uh, high school, college students if they want to become an Army officer and mm-hmm. help them with scholarships, enrollment. Mm-hmm. That's stuff. very cool. Yeah. And I homeschool our children. And She's then- got the harder job. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a party. Um, yeah. And yeah. Very good. Good for you guys. That's fun. Okay. So uh, d- what the pandemic is around the time you kicked mm-hmm. it in too so yeah. that kind of gave you a little wake-up call you're like oh we so. need to get this done that's right yeah we started the class yeah january 2020 so right and we finished the last one <laughs> as the pandemic starting and yeah, so everything was shut down. uh credit cards were done because that was always a budget buster 
Um, yeah, we could pay them off every month, um, but at the end of the month, I'm like, all right, we got some money left over, and then it'd be like, oh, now we got to pay off the credit card bill. Yeah. So that was like, mm. that was freeing, just getting rid of that, um, and then yeah, anything extra, we were just tossing at the house, and yeah, I just watched, kept going through the numbers, even though they didn't change. I'm just watching it, and like, we can do this, we can do this. So. Yeah. Good for you guys. Way to go, y'all. Proud of you. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is now that you've done it? I mean, I think for me, it was um, just being content in a lot of it and just um, any time, well, not any, every time, but sometimes when we would see people like, you know, they brought, they bought a house or they, you know, before we bought our home or they bought a car and our mentality was there's two ways to go about it. You either paid cash for it or you're in debt. We obviously had no interest in being in debt. And if they paid cash for it, that's wonderful and good for them. And so that just kind of helped our mentality, I think, um, just, you know, continuing on with it for sure for that help you curb all the comparisons yes exactly that's right. wow that's powerful good for you guys well done well done well we've got a copy of baby steps millionaires for you that's the next chapter in your story you're definitely going to be there a number one bestseller and we'll also give you another number one bestseller the total money makeover you can give that away to somebody and get them started and we'll give you a one-year subscription to ramsey plus to financial awesome. peace university which is good for you guys on dvd but you can give this to somebody and let them get started on their journey you brought the kiddos with you let's we bring did. them up what are their names and ages um joseph is about to turn seven and then juniper is three and a half all right cute. beautiful <laughs> cute 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 good stuff all right brandon and katie joseph and jennifer $105,000 paid off in six and a half years. House and everything. <laughs> Looking at weird people. Making 62 to 78. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, Three two, two, one. one. We're, We're debt-free. <laughs> that is how it's done ladies and gentlemen joseph is jumping for joy on the debt free stage <laughs> we love to see it beautiful beautiful well done well done those kids don't even know what just happened I gotta it. love it gotta love it nicole is with us in detroit hi nicole welcome to the ramsey show hi dave i appreciate you for taking my call sure what's up um, i'm well i'm calling today because we bought a new home two years ago and we are using our old home as an income property um we don't owe anything on either of our houses um and we are considering kind of taking advantage of the market and selling the rental property. Mm -hmm. um, so wondering your thoughts on that. Our only holdup is we just don't know what to do with the gains. Um, we are, we've lost some money over the course of the last six months with the stock market being so volatile and it's got us a little nervous. To you haven't put lost it anything if you didn't sell it. Market. Did you sell it? No, we didn't sell it. Okay, it's just your, your value is down, but down. you haven't lost any money. <laughs> yeah. I haven't lost any money because I didn't sell no. it. You're right. You're right. Okay. I've got to flip my thinking on that. Um, but so what are your thoughts on on selling the house? Why would you sell it? Well, we would like to pay off our debt that we have. Oh, I thought you had no debt. Um, and well, we don't we don't have house debt, but we have a truck and we have a fifth wheel that we have loans on. Oh crap. So you what know. do you owe on that junk? 
Um, we have ninety or eighty-eight thousand in the Gross. truck. And you want to keep I mean, the yo, fifth yo, wheel? eighty-eight thousand on the fifth wheel? No, on both. Oh, the pair between the truck. truck okay. the fifth wheel. That's between some expensive <laughs> camping. God, you could have stayed at the yeah. Four Seasons a lot. Okay. It's um, glamping, but we enjoy. Oh, it's more than glamping. It's yeah. Okay. What's your income? What's your household income? Um, my husband works. He is at eighty-eight thousand. I'm on disability, and it's a total of one hundred and seven thousand. You're not going to like me. Okay, give it to me. (laughs) You should not invest in eighty-eight thousand dollars worth of things that go down in value when you only make a hundred thousand. Okay. So you're selling the wrong thing. Selling the wrong thing. You need to sell the junk. I'd sell the fifth wheel before I sell the rental. And the truck. And I'd keep the house that goes up in value instead of having a camper sit in the backyard rotting while you sleep in it six nights a year. That's some nice camp. You can afford that if you make 300 grand a year, but you cannot afford that if you make 100 grand a year. Uh, It's too much loss because that camper is going to be worth nothing in six years. Nothing. Nada. Something goes down in value. Those puppies. Ramsey personality is my co-host today here on the Ramsey show. David is with us in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Hi, David. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, so I'm about 40 grand in debt. I am on, was on baby step two. Um, I have about 15 of that in collections between credit cards and medical bills. I own a truck. I own a motorcycle. I'm wondering uh, if I should attack the stuff in collections first or the stuff that I got current first. Are you paying payments on the things in collections? Uh, I am not. I just recently started a job. Uh, I've put about nine grand towards getting current on things that things that didn't go in collections yet. Yeah, good. Um, that was I, smart. I, I've been asking. I've been asking for proof of debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know th- these things in writing, mm-hmm. but uh, waiting to hear back. Yeah. Uh, what kind of debt is the fifteen thousand worth that is in collections? It's about five different credit cards, uh, ranging from a thousand dollars to five thousand dollars, and then uh, medical bill at about twenty five hundred. And how long have you been since you paid on them? Oh, uh, it's been it's been a year. Okay, I was out of work for over a year. All right. What we usually recommend is that you do two debt snowballs. Debt snowball number one is the things you are making payments on, not the fifteen thousand. Okay, so you list those things: the car, the motorcycle, whatever, smallest to largest. And you're telling me you got yes, about twenty five thousand of that. Yes. What's your income? Uh, 
new job, but it's going to be probably about 90 to 100. Okay. And you're single? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So making 100000 how fast do you pay off 25000 Oh, six months is what I'm hoping. I was hoping go. to have this whole. There I, you go. I started at 50. I was hoping for one yep. year. Yep. Uh, yep. had, a, had a couple wrenches thrown in it, had a truck stolen, and okay. found out I have to move for this new job. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so, that, uh, so that, six that months from now, out. six or seven months from now, you will have plowed through your baby step one. And you do that smallest to largest, right, George? Yes. And then uh, the motorcycle, could you sell that? Is it worth anything? Man, it's... Uh, it, it's going to hurt me. I can't do that for my sanity. I can't. What, what, I kind, of, what kind of bike? That, what kind of bike is it? Uh, Harley Ultra Classic. Okay, and uh, what's it worth? It is worth probably twelve thousand. Okay. Uh, I owe about. I think I owe about nine on it. All right. Well, I'd start on. I would start without selling it then. But I'm with George. You could step up and do that at some point. You may choose to do that later. We'll leave that up to you. Okay. Now, right. once your debt snowball, the first twenty-five thousand, smallest to largest, is cleared, you're starting to see the point now. You don't have any payments. Yep. Okay. Now, when you don't have any payments, then we're going to take big chunks of money and start saving. Now we're going to list the 15,000 and you said it's like five or six different debts, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to list those smallest to largest. I'm going to call the small one. What is the smallest one? Uh, it's probably five, $600. Okay. I'm going to call them anything under a thousand. I'm just going to get verification of the amount in writing and send them a check. Okay. okay. And so if you call them up and they say it's $500, $504, they send me an email for that uh, as a final payment and I will pay it this week. Okay. No electronic access okay. to your checking account. Now, if you, if yep. you think it's five or $600 and you call them up and it's $1,500 because they've added a bunch of collections fees and late charges and other stuff, then you go, uh, we want to settle this for 500, what you originally owed. Right. And you begin to b- begin a negotiation and argument with brain damaged people, which will take a while. Okay. Yep. Because when you're dealing with credit card collectors, you're dealing with people who couldn't get a good job. So you're stuck <laughs> with them. All right. But you got to work your way through it because you owe the money. So we're going to keep arguing with it until we get it settled down to close to the original amount owed or a little less. Uh, they will negotiate down on a year old debt, believe me. Especially that medical right. debt too. Yes. that one you should be able to negotiate down. And if they go, hey, that twenty five hundred, but we're willing to take twelve hundred, do it. Right. But so it's going to be a part time job. In every case, what are we doing? No access to the checking account, of course, and get everything in writing. Yep. That's the key yep. here. But it, this is going to be a part time uh, job for you. I mean, this is going to be a little fight to the finish. But once you're done with that, man, you're never going to look back. You're never going to touch debt again. And the reason we pay off the other 25000 first is it gives you more money, since you don't have any payments after that, to be able to attack the stuff that's in collections. The stuff that's in collections feels like it's more urgent because it's behind, but you're not paying payments on it. So you get no cash flow benefit when you clear it. You just cleared it. But when you pay off the motorcycle, you get a cash flow benefit because you don't have the payment anymore. Yeah. And it helps you move forward in the thing. So we knock out the things with payments first, and then we go do the ones that are in collections. And the good news is you're going to be done with all of it within a year. 
you'll be done in a year. You but you're going to live on beans job. and rice, rice and beans, and that's if you keep the motorcycle. <laughs> that's right. I just like accelerating any plan with that is painful, but clearly that motorcycle is going to cause him more pain to get rid of than the debt payoff. So that's your choice. Yep. Danny's with us in New York. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. How can we help? Uh, I've been watching lots of your videos, and uh, I have a high school senior who's uh, looking to go to a school for physical therapy. And uh, i watched several of your videos about the student debt uh, crisis and all that. Um, my wife and I have saved up enough to send him to his undergrad. Um, he's looking to go to this, a private university uh, for his physical therapy doctor program. It's a six-year program. Um, what me and my wife feel is that this entire process has been very rushed for him. It was a very last minute decision to attend this university and has left him kind of with no other choices. Um, how could I, in your opinion, how could I explain it to him in a way that he understands how it will affect his future, having to take out student loans for his doctorate degree, which could probably amass to around 130 to 140,000. Yeah. Without yeah. him resenting me, without him resenting me, saying that uh, you couldn't go away or I didn't let him go. It's not that I want him to go away because he's a great student, great kid, no issues. I believe he'll probably be very successful at it. Um, but there are cheaper alternatives. Yeah, where I Listen, could probably pay for his entire. Let me tell you education. how many people ask where your physical therapist went to school. None. Yeah, I heard. I heard you say that too. <laughs> Nobody. Why does he want to do the doctorate program? You want to be uh, a PT, you have to get a doctorate now. Okay. Yeah, so the particular university that he's uh, been accepted to offered him basically like a 40% scholarship. I don't, and, yeah, but um, 40% of too much is still too much. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, so here's the, the thing. The I'm going to look. I'm gonna put my arm around him and I'll say, look, here's the thing. Where you go to school to be a PT and live your dream doesn't matter. Overpaying for your dream is going to turn it into a nightmare. Going into debt for your dream is going to turn your dream into a nightmare. Paying double or triple to become a PT at one place versus paying one-third to be at another place is asinine. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Why no, over? Because where you went to school, 99.9% of the jobs don't give a rip. The only people that care are the snobby people that went to those schools that you play golf with. They're the only ones that care where you went to school, and they don't pay you any money. Right. They're not a customer, and they're not a boss. It's a flex. That's what it is at that point. So I'm not doing that. What I would do is sit down with him, and we'll gift you a promo code to watch Borrowed Future, because I know you're in on this, but it doesn't sound like he's aware. And so we got to make him aware of what the whole reality of the situation is. So 88 minutes of your time. Kelly will pick up. We'll get you a promo code for that. Yeah. Sit down and watch that with him. Have a discussion. Here's the thing. There's three things you get when you go to school. An education, an experience, and the prestige of where you went to school. The experience and the prestige are worth zero. Don't play. Don't pay $200,000 a year to play beer pong. That's a dumb butt move. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app 
in your favorite app store today.